Hello and welcome to the Stew with JT Brew and our special edition of NHL Around the Ice with JT and Toast. We are going to be recapping week one of the hockey season. Stick with us. You're in the stew. Uh, you up on trades and why you move? You ain't designed to lose. Find you jumping over seemingly nothing, racking up points, makes the game a little more fun to watch. Can drop release. We started with the mock draft and now we making a mockery of the leaderboard. Quite obviously not a scrub to start an institute. Make evaluations like a commissioner do. It's to the point your wife make you watch in a different room. I bet your roster and pick and choose when you get some news. Not much that we enjoy more than sifting through sifting through new statistics to make it to our end zones through different groups. Universities, institutes, down to homies who click in groups. I introduce Hello, I'm your host, Justin Taylor, along with Brian Toast-Clark. Week 1 NHL Recap Toast, thanks for joining me here. Toast takes, let's get into it early, Connor Bedard, the Phenom, Blackhawks debut, Huge on TV. So many people watched it. I know you were pumped. I was pumped. Some of our friends are Blackhawks fans. We're ready to get going. What do you think about the start from this young stud? Well, JT, uh, everything advertised. Uh, he may not have uh, lit the lamp as many times we'd like him to in the first four games uh, for the Blackhawks. But the truth is that the Hawks are 2-2. Two and two. Uh, He's got uh, over 20 shots on goal. I believe he's got over 30 attempts on goal. Uh, let me just tell you, and uh, a lot of big hockey fans know this already, and a lot of fantasy managers that really plugged into um, fantasy hockey know this. Rookies just don't do that, especially in their first week in, in the league. They usually take a backseat uh, to the uh, veterans. Uh, they usually kind of sit back and learn, find their way. But let's just say he already knows his way and everybody else is following. So um, um, I, he's got a goal and two assists to four games. Uh, he is driving play. Um, he has been really, really amazing. What I like about it, too, is uh, he's really handled himself off the ice as, as well as you can. Um, tomorrow, uh, when we go in, the, uh, when the Hawks go into Colorado, that'll be the third nationally televised game in their first four. And you would think a lot of guys, young kids, just turned 18 would actually have a problem with that. He doesn't seem to have a problem with it at all. I mean, so those little things actually really tell you what kind of player he is and what kind of player he's going to be. Yeah, just been an unbelievable start for him. And, and the fact that anyone is paying attention to the Blackhawks, uh, would they have just basically done, done a complete teardown? Uh, and the fact that they've actually played fairly solid hockey here in the early going, it's not like they're just getting absolutely overwhelmed. I, I've been really impressed by what I've seen from Bedard. He, you know, he's been in the mix. Uh, he's got into it with some guys. He's getting shots on goal. And this uh, this Blackhawks team is kind of scrappy. I tell you what, they, I was not expecting some of this in the early going, but they they have actually looked like uh, they're going to give some teams uh, some problems this year. They they've outworked teams in the first four games. Uh, Luke Richardson, their their head coach, really really preaches that. They're setting a culture there. Um, a winning culture, kind of like what they had when they had the dynasty years between 2008 and 2016 or 17. Um, you know, they they outworked other teams. Uh, they were kind of stacked through one through four lines. But really what's been impressive about the Blackhawks, and again, do I think the Blackhawks will be a playoff this team year, this, this year? No, I don't think so. Um, and, and do I want them to be? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but the fact of the matter is, is here's been their schedule so far. They haven't played at home yet, mind you, either. All right. So 
they started out at Pittsburgh, then they went to Boston, and they went to Montreal, which can be a circus um, of a uh, of a show over in Montreal. Then they actually went to Toronto, so they actually go into Toronto, into Pittsburgh, and win those games. But then when they got they're at Colorado tomorrow, then they come back at home versus Vegas versus Boston again. You know, then they actually go back on the road, Vegas, Arizona. What a start! What a start! This is the toughest part of their schedule, and they're two and two. Honestly, at this point, they got four points on on the uh, um, as a team. I was thinking, ah, they may have a point right now. They may end up pushing somebody to overtime. They've been in every game, and and three out of the four games, they've been the better team. So uh, it's fun. Uh, a lot of people that may listen to this podcast may say, "Yeah, you're a homer. You're actually wanting to talk to Blackhawks." Hey, what I'm talking about is Connor Bedard, and everybody yeah. else is too. So why not? That's what we're going to do. Uh, but so far, it's been a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, excited to see what he can continue to do uh, throughout the season, his career. I mean, just. Just a nice start for them. Like you said, just a, a crazy tough schedule to start off, and they have not uh, looked terrible. They haven't been a little overwhelmed, and Bedard's uh, uh, look solid. Um, what are a couple other teams that kind of jumped out of you? I've been really happy with my Red Wings start. Uh, they have done much better than I thought they would. I, I, I was excited for them this year. I thought they'd be more in the mix. Maybe they'd push for a playoff spot. But they've looked uh, solid the first week of the season as their offense looks like it has a lot more fa- uh, firepower and Alex Deverkan has been uh, – I've loved what i saw seen out of him so far in a Red Wings uniform. Yeah, so they're, they're pretty balanced right now. Um, and um, I really like kind of what I'm seeing from them as well. What I really, really like is the fact that Lark and Dabrinka are actually off to scorching hot starts. And tonight, um, I believe they're actually up right now three or four to one uh, right now early on and does really, really actually – uh, put it to, um, what are we playing? Pittsburgh. I'm just looking back to the TV. They're playing Pittsburgh right now. The Brinkett's actually got five shots on goal, got another goal. Larkin's got a couple or, or an assist at least, but their chemistry right now, man, they're playing well together. They're both on line one, power play one. And both these guys were steel picks, in my opinion, in the draft. You know, so I kind of told you in our home draft, eh, maybe you maybe reached a little bit early for Dabrinkit. Maybe not. And here's the reason why is because so far, you know, He's a hometown guy, you know, from Detroit. He looks very comfortable. There, there, there doesn't seem to be any learning curve with that team and actually getting him to feel, you know, included, uh, to feel comfortable. He's shooting a puck a ton. That's what you actually want him to do. Both these guys were drafted anywhere from 35 to 45 overall. And so far, they've actually played like top 20 players. Now, will they end up being top 20 players at the end of the season? Both of them? Probably not. But will one of them maybe? Absolutely. You know, uh, so three, through three games, DeBrinckit's got five points. Larkin's got three points, but here's the thing I like about Larkin. He's setting the world on fire, actually shooting a puck. Uh, he's got a whopping 18 shots on goal so far in three games. And tonight he's got a couple more. I love it. Yeah, so, I love it. I love to see he's taking chances and going out there and trying to score. I love it. We've been waiting for that for Larkin. Uh, you know, and again, we, we we know, hey, Larkin's a fast skater. Um, you know, uh, uh, really, he, he, is, he is the leader of that team, but – We've been kind of waiting for him to actually shoot, 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 and really he's doing it. So uh, I really like what I'm actually seeing out of Detroit. They've been a whole lot of fun. Um, if my Hawks actually aren't on, I'm definitely watching Detroit for you, JT. Who else do you like? And what the, I mean, obviously Austin Matthews, the unbelievable start, the two back-to-back hat tricks to open up the year for the Maple Leafs. Uh, talk about you know him and the Maple Leafs and, and, and kind of a few other teams, whoever you like uh, starting off this year. Yeah, I like Matthews. I'm not sure I actually like Toronto. And I know that sounds kind of crazy to say, but 
Karana with Samsonov and goal. Wall uh, in actually goal as well. Their goalies are kind of shaky. Uh, they really, uh, and, and also to boot, they're a little top heavy, kind of like Edmonton as well. You know, you got the, the likes of, um, you know, Matthews and Nylander and Tavares. Um, and then you, you know, so you're pretty top heavy. But what I will say about Austin Matthews, Austin Matthews is six goals through the first two games, back-to-back hat tricks actually lead off the season. I mean, geez, I mean, this guy, so last year he was a little bit down. When I say a little bit down, I think he had just over 40 goals. He's usually around that 60 mark. He looks like he's back in form. I did say on the um, previous podcast that uh, um, he is playing on the PK this year. Do I think he's going to get some um, shorthanded goals? Absolutely. But you wonder how much of a long-term effect that's going to have on him and whether or not he's going to have the stamina to actually uh, sustain this pace all year. Um, JT, they played him over 25 minutes in the third game of the season for Chicago. I, you know, I, I don't know why they'd be doing that. Uh, that doesn't make any sense. This game right now on the schedule, of course, you want to win them all. But does this game versus Chicago at home, the third game of the season, really going to make or break you? And you're going to play home for 25 minutes? I, I, I don't know. I, I, if <laughs> That's the type of stuff that's actually got Toronto in trouble, you know. And that's why, again, they think they won their first playoff. Uh, they won their first playoff series since 2004 last year. Why the fact they're always cursed. They do stuff like that is pretty stupid. So uh, uh, hopefully Matthews can actually sustain this. And uh, But, man, what a start for him. Yeah, anybody else uh, either individually uh, for fantasy-wise or teams that are kind of jumping out you in the first week of the season? Uh, yeah, so the entire Calgary team from a fantasy perspective, man, if you go look at their statistics and actually look at the way they've been playing, they've had six to seven starters, their first two lines. They've all been balanced. So basically all of their guys have had somewhere in the neighborhood of 10 shots on goals through three games, but yet there's probably seven or eight of them within that range. So nobody, one player has actually lit it up. And really last year, man, in Calgary, they just had a, they had a rough go of it. They just weren't that good. Um, they had bad coaching last year. They get the coach out. They want to get Huberto a little bit more comfortable with this year. So I really like what's coming on with their two lines. Again, that balanced play. Um, one surprise on their team is a uh, defenseman, Noah Hannafin. Uh, Hannafin's actually getting some power play two time. Um, he's on a top defensive pairing, but man, the guy's got four assists through three games, but even more important, he's got six shots on goal. This is a guy who scored 38 points last year. So look at your waiver wire, you know, and those, those leagues where you have 10, um, 10 teams, maybe 12 teams in your league. Hannafin may be out there. He may be out there. And if so, definitely get them. I know their, their schedule over the next two weeks is like your Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday. So they don't have any prime uh, uh, nights where you can actually play, you know, a feast off the Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Sunday games. But nevertheless, if Noah Hannafin's out there, go out there and get them. Yeah. Uh, anybody else jump to you? I mean, Leon Dreisaitl, we've, you know, always looking at the high-end guys from Edmonton. He's leading the league in scoring uh, to start things off. Seven points, four goals, three assists. He has looked uh, really solid as, you know, Edmonton's going to put up points. Question is, can they stop anybody? And, and how's their goaltending going to hold up as the year moves on? Yeah, goaltending has been shaky. Uh, last night, they finally got to Schneider. Uh, Edmonton did as a team and uh, end up, uh, I think they had a big win. I believe it was six or seven to one. Um, and Dreisaitl had a couple goals um, this versus Nashville. And man, over the years, they have just pummeled Nashville. When I say they, Dreisaitl has, <clears throat> excuse me, he's um, had 24, 25 goals in 24 games versus them. That's unheard of. Uh, this guy, I, I watch him 
I've watched him very closely over the past several years in the league. He is the biggest sniper in the league, in my opinion. He sits on that right bumper and he actually just waits for the pass from either McDavid or someone else. And man, he's just got that stick that's cocked and loaded and ready to go. In my opinion, man, I mean, for one timers, he he is he's got the quickest one time shot in the league. But man, he has been scorching hot. Um, Edmonton also, too, has been a good target for betting so far, even though their team's only one and two and they had a rough uh, start the first two games. I mean, the McDavid over two or the over a point and a half. That's really, really been good so far. Dry sidle goal scoring has been really good. But man, if you're really looking for uh, a bet to really pounce on right now, now Edmonton, you've seen this time and time again from them. They're like a shark, uh, a, sh- a shark that actually smells blood. So now they actually have two games where they get embarrassed by Vancouver. The first one was an actual absolute embarrassment. Then they come out and actually just bully Nashville. That's that shark with blood in the water right now. Now they've been embarrassed. They don't actually like that. Um, their power play is actually going to go. Their power play is going to actually start to get super red hot. Look at a guy like Evan Bouchard for a power play point. Uh, he is their young uh, power play quarterback defenseman. And uh, you don't really, again, want to have to get McDavid, Dreisaitl, Hyman, um, you know, Ryan Uge, Hopkins. Get that fourth or fifth fiddle on that first power play. That actually gives you the best odds, and Evan Bouchard will give that to you. Yeah, any other teams uh, jumping out at you at the start? I mean, I know we're only three games in, four games in uh, for most teams, but hey, uh, the defending champs, Vegas, baby, looking off to a good start, already 4-0, and and they've, they have looked the part of a defending champion. Yeah, they've looked the part of the defending champion, and Jack Eichel's picked up right where he left off. Uh, so Eichel really had his coming out party when you say coming out party like man for a guy with his pedigree such a top um you know um um uh, you know drafty and actually all the promise uh you know eichel actually did not have his way in buffalo ends up um um getting traded so now he's actually found a home in vegas he set the world on fire last year really really good they end up coming to have a cup and you honestly to the first week and again it's only one week of the season but he looks exactly how he looked last year um Eichel's been awesome. But I tell you, uh, as, as awesome as Eichel's actually been, let's talk about a little bit about his uh, his former team, Buffalo. They have not been good so far. So I've even seen some ugly. fantasy managers panic and they actually start to want to offer some guys like Thompson and Tuck and Skinner in trades or whatnot. Fantasy managers out there, don't do that. Don't be deceived. Um, here's a reason why. Um, Thompson, he's scoreless through three games. Tuck, I believe he may have an assist. Skinner, not that much better at all. But don't be deceived because Thompson's got 12 shots on goal through three games. Skinner's got eight. They've been active. All right. So remember, patience. And you got to think as well, they faced the Rangers with Shesterkin, and they actually faced the Islanders with Sorokin. Those guys were world-class goalies. They're two of the three best goalies in the world right now. So don't if if, if you if you got a lot of shares of Buffalo players and those top liners. Don't get discouraged by those guys. Yeah, have they been really, really quiet? Yeah, have they actually been frustrating through the first week, week and a half here? Yeah, they have. But that's not going to last. Those guys are way too good. Well, it's something we always talk about, especially with hockey. Teams get on runs and teams get in lulls. It just happens. You do not want to bail on guys too early, as I've seen it happen a million times where guys will drop guys, trade guys for, you know, just bail on guys for cheap, cheap, trades and you're like what are you doing it's because it's the guy's down 
You got to kind of, you got to let a guy get through part of the season, let him do it and let teams get on a roll. Uh, when you get those good teams, like a Buffalo team, with all the talent they have, you know, you're going to get on those week or two runs, you know, streaks where they're just piling on points and they look great. And you're going to have some tough runs. That's just hockey season. That's just the ups and downs of what come with it. And the biggest thing is, is to kind of feel those things out and, and feel when a guy's actually having a really bad year and where's the time to move on from a guy and maybe, Hey, he's just off to a slow start or maybe he's in just a little bit of a slump, but you, you know, that's the one thing you can't do with hockey. You can't, it's not like football. It's a long, long season. You can't be bailing on guys a couple weeks in. Uh, so definitely stay the course, especially after week one, don't be getting crazy and making a lot of moves a week into the season. Uh, but, but keep your eye open. If you've got other managers who are definitely, you know, they're those types of guys. They just don't like to wait around. They get anxious and guys don't get off to a good start. They like to move players. Hey, don't be, don't be afraid to make trades early on. Yeah. Such a great point. Uh, I mean, there's 82 games uh, this uh, season goes on in a regular season for most fantasy formats for 19 to 20 weeks. I mean, in football, you only play on, well, you play Thursdays, you play Sunday, Monday, but your, your games are on Sunday, you know? So you have all week to sit there and actually think about it in a stew over a bad performance. And uh, with here, they may end up having two bad games on a Monday, Wednesday, but then they come back on a Thursday night and they actually tear it up. And it's all about matchups as well. So you definitely got to be patient. I would say you guys, um, fantasy managers drafted these guys in a certain round for a reason, especially those guys in the first 10, 11 rounds on the top half of your draft. Don't give up on those guys yet. Um, I mean, don't even give up all those guys in the first three weeks, barring injury. You know, you really want to actually just give them time to get settled in. And we talk about injuries, and we'll get into that here in a bit with JT. We'll mention a couple of injuries, but man, injuries will change everything, and for the better, or for worse. And uh, so, so be patient. Um, I, I know the situation in Buffalo is is, is pretty frustrating. Um, and do they actually look good in the games? No, not really. <laughs> you know, but you got to remember as well they got they got a rookie goaltender in Devin Levi. They have actually another um, young goaltender in UPL as well. The goaltending is actually young. Uh, overall, they're still a young team. I know I would say that uh, if, if you want to look at Buffalo, you're going to want to uh, equate them, since I'm a Chicago fan, you want to equate them to maybe this year could be their year to be the 2015 Cubs, you know, where, okay, <laughs> you have some big free agent signings. Uh, you actually have a young core. You got some top-end talent there. It's your time to actually come out, and you could just sneak up on everybody and then screw around and actually win 45 to 50 games and get into the playoffs and make a decent run. But they're probably still a year away from being top caliber, you know, so, and people got to understand that, especially with their goaltending. So uh, yeah, patience right now, patience, you got to have it. Yeah. Buffalo, you know, their team is going to be in the mix. I mean, Florida is a team we like a lot that we think has a chance to be really good this year. They're both sitting at the bottom of the Atlantic with two points a weekend of the season. So, you, you know, that's going to change. That isn't going to, going to stay that way all year. So Got to just have a little patience there on them. Any other players, any other teams got to jump on you? A, a team that we talked about, me and you personally, in the offseason, I just have, I just liked a lot was Jack Hughes and the New Jersey Devils. I just thought this team had a chance to be really good. I've loved what I've seen out of Hughes so far. What do you think about what the Devils have brought so far? Oh, they're awesome. Uh, they, they got about two or three players that are just absolutely tearing it up right now. I'll start with Jack Hughes. Uh, Hughes, he, in my opinion, has reached stardom. He's there. Uh, this is, uh, I believe, he, this is year three. 
Yeah, I think year three, he was, I think he was, uh, uh, was it 2020 draft? I believe he was a top pick. I'd have to go back and look, but nevertheless, I believe this is year three. Uh, he's there. He's there. Uh, here's your 100-point player a year. Uh, you pencil it in. There's no doubt about it. Man, have we actually been just nailing the shot prop with him right now in bets. Um, the over three and a half. Um, and he is peppering the goal right now. So if you got Jack Hughes on your uh, on your fantasy roster, good for you. <laughs> if you uh, end up uh, looking for some bets to actually play, you can probably get Jack Hughes over three and a half on most platforms. He's probably about a minus 160. So look actually to go ahead and parlay him with actually another guy, maybe over two and a half or three and a half at the same minus 150 or 160. And you can end up getting that for maybe a plus 150, 175, somewhere around there. Um, but I tell you, uh, I talked about New Jersey in our first couple of podcasts, JT, and Jesper Bratt was the guy I really was targeting a lot of drafts. And I got out of my four leagues I'm in, I, I got him in two. And right now, he looks super comfortable. We talk about guys being comfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, he has three goals and two assists in three games, five points in three games, top line, top power play, a steal in drafts. This guy was actually probably going in uh, in 10 team leagues. You're probably looking at maybe 70th, 80th overall, somewhere around there, maybe a little bit sooner. But what I what I love about this, and I'm going to tell fantasy managers as well, if you are new to fantasy and you're actually looking at like, hey, who should I be looking at who's doing well? How do I know if a player is doing well or not just outside of points? Points are fine. Points are actually great. That's the whole idea of this fantasy uh, uh, game we actually play. Look at time on ice. They have to be on the ice in order to score. All right. So what I love about Brad, he's averaging nearly 20 minutes of time on ice so far. <laughs> he's never done that before in his career. So it'll be interesting to see come game 50, 60, 70, what he's actually looking like, if he can actually maintain somewhere in the neighborhood of a low 19, right? Maybe a 19, 15 average throughout the season. But he's never played minutes like that before. But man, he is he is ready to come out. Uh, I would think that it would not shock me at all if this guy is actually knocking on door 40 goals this year. Um, love New Jersey. Man, they're a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, Hughes was the number one overall pick in 2019. So this is his fourth year technically going in. And then, like you said, shot props. We've been all over him, shot props. He has been 4-6-6 six, six in their first three games. So he's hit over that three and a half every game. He's got two goals, four assists. He's already put up 16 shots this year. So he, you know, he's a guy, he is off to just a great start. You know, he's one of those guys we've been peppering him, Dylan Larkin, uh, dry saddle, McDavid shots on goal. Uh, those guys, uh, have been, you know, guys we've been hammering on some of our toast takes, uh, uh, parlays of the day. Uh, but yeah, I, I've loved what I've seen on him so far. And like you said, I just, this, this, it just feels like this New Jersey team has it together. It feels like they, they play well together. Uh, Dougie Hamilton's look good. Yeah. Um, they just, I, I'm, this is a team, you know, they haven't even got Meyer going yet. Once he starts going, uh, they're going to be even better. So I, I'm going to keep an eye on them and see if I can possibly trade for or acquire uh, some Devils players throughout the year if I can. Yeah, let, let, let's talk about Meyer real quick. Um, man, okay, rough start. Fantasy managers, mm-hmm. remember, it's been one week. All right, one week, but new it hasn't team. been bad. Yeah, it's, it's, been, it's been bad. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, and he had a little bit of time last year in the, uh, uh, because it was a, he was trading the second half of the season to kind of get acclimated, but man, through three games, just four shots. That, to me, is concerning 
because this is a guy that shoots a ton. He is a guy that's going to get 275 shots on goal a season. They have only four shots through three games. But what's more concerning is, is he took a bad penalty in the previous game, and they benched him for the third period in the third game of the season. He had only just 11, ice, 11 um, uh, minutes on a, a time on ice. So far, he's actually just averaging just over 15 minutes. For a guy of his pedigree, that's not good. Uh, so, But um, I actually did to see today on X uh, through uh, looking at uh, uh, New Jersey's um, – a beat writer from New Jersey that he is actually being brought up to the first line. So uh, he's going to have a chance to play with Jack Hughes. So, again, if you want to buy low right now, Sell off somebody on your team and try to get some fantasy managers to bite right now on a guy that may be overperforming and go out and actually get a guy like Timo Meyer. That's the play right now. If you want to do that and actually try to win a trade this early season and try to fleece somebody, then offer somebody that is actually shooting over 25 to 30% and has actually never done it before. And on a situation where they may not be on the right team that, that tradition historically actually does it from year to year and go out there and actually offer this guy up maybe something a little bit more and actually get a guy like Timo Meyer who actually had a dreadful first week of the season. That's the play. Let's talk about a guy that me and you, we, we had some discussion about before the season, Alex Ovechkin. We said this team is probably going to be a bad Capitals team. We expect him to take a lot of shots this year, try to get go for that scoring record. He's off to a slow start, four shots in the opener, but he went zero shots against Calgary, which I don't even remember the last time I saw him get zero shots in a game. Zero shots against Calgary, and currently tonight against Ottawa, another zero shots attempts. Really surprised by this, as I thought, uh, I think he, I thought he would be out there just peppering the goal with shots. Obviously, like I said, don't want to overreact first week of the season. Are you a little surprised about kind of the slow start for him? I'm surprised. Uh, two things um, that one um, yesterday, like you said, he did not have a shot on goal, but not only did he have a shot on goal, he didn't have a shot attempt and he was not injured and an ice time was there today. I'm thinking Ovechkin's going to come back and he's actually going to do something here. No shots on goal through two periods. You tell me the last time Ovechkin's actually went five periods straight without a shot on goal. I, I can't remember that. So, and then if you look at the way Washington played Calgary at home yesterday, they won the game, which is crazy. They won 3-2 in overtime. They got destroyed in that game, the entire game. They got outplayed. They gave up over 40 shots. They only had maybe 15 or 16 shots themselves, somewhere around there. I'm just estimating numbers here. This Washington team may be bad enough where my actually play for him, the plus 2,500 for him, the Richard, uh, Rocket Richard trophy for most goals scored, shots on goal over 350 shots on goal. Tell you what, I may end up just misestimating that because they look bad. They look really, really bad right now. So uh, if I'm at Washington, uh, if I'm an owner of Ovechkin, if I'm in a bangers league, don't panic because he gets so many hits. He actually blocks the puck. Um, he will end up getting quite a few goals this year. But if I'm in a non-bangers league, just from what I've seen from them and how disjointed they are as a team, I'm pretty concerned. 
Uh, so, and usually don't f- throw the white flag here and all these concerns first week in the season, but man, they are dreadful right now. They're absolutely mm-hmm. dreadful. So, uh, more to come on that. We'll have to see, it'd be interesting to see their schedule coming up. And if a Vetchkin just starts to shoot the puck, that's all he needs to do. Start to shoot, do what he normally does, get four or five shots on goal a night. The goals will come and, uh, he's going to hit, he's going to get you those peripherals. So, um, I'm concerned <laughs> a little yeah. bit that, that that's, that's, I just, I'm shocked. I was telling my brother last night by text, I said, Hey, um, we end up losing a parlay bet and, uh, we end up putting a, a four leg parlay. Three of them actually went, but Ovechkin was actually the other leg. We needed them three and a half shots on goal. And I'm like, well, that may be, be the easy part for Ovechkin to go ahead and do that. No, he didn't. He, he did nothing. He did absolutely nothing. He was invisible the entire game as was the entire Washington team. And even though somehow they backed away into a win. Uh, so, um, yeah, I would maybe steer clear of the Ovechkin shots on goal prop until you kind of see him get on that little streak and maybe have two games straight, then hammer it, then go. A uh, team that I've been really impressed with the start, and they just look like they're going to put up points this year, is Ottawa. The Senators lost 3-5 in the opener to Carolina, came back with a 5-2 win over Philly, then a 5-2 win over Tampa. They're up 6-1. to one. Tonight, If this team puts up five-plus goals every night, I mean, they are going to be tough ton of good offensive talent on that team. Uh, I want as many centers players as I can right now. Yeah, the, the, they're so young. Uh, so you got um, Stutzle, uh, Stutzle and uh, Brady Kachuk. They are they, – they, they basically run that team. All right. So they are the young players. They're fairly young. I would say they're 21, 22 years old. They're not old at all. Um, but then you got, and also you have you have Josh Norris who just came back from an uh, injury uh, tonight. First game of the season, two goals right off the bat. I didn't check and see what he's done in the third period. Uh, Drake Batherson, another young guy who's actually had a very good start to the season. But what I love about Ottawa is, man, they also have that that uh, veteran presence. You get a guy like Tarasenko that plays on the third line, comes in on the second power play, and Claude Drew as well. They got great balance. They got great balance of actually young talent who's their best players and then veterans who've actually done it before. It reminds me, and again, just as a Hawks fan, it reminds me of Taves and Kane in their second to third season, but yet they still had Patrick Sharp. They had Marion Hosa. You know what I mean? That good balance of, uh, of, uh, of young studs who are your best players, who are your stars, but then surrounded by them with a, you know good proven talent. Um, and, and you know what? With Corpus Allo and Anton Forsberg, They've got good goaltending so far. Uh, I love Ottawa because I have the most shares of uh, Brady Kachuk, and I bet them all the time with the shots on goal. Hammer the over three and a half right now. Don't care. It's a, it's a minus 165, 170. Makes no difference. If you just want to put it up straight up, put a ton on it right now. Man, he is on a tear right now. Love, love this team. Love it a lot. Any other teams that jump out at you? Uh, I know you just talked about Brady Chuck on the shots on goal. That's something we've been all over. His shots, been loving it. We've been right there on so many. We've hit a couple, just barely missed the, like you said, the Ovechkin missed shots got us. Uh, Larkin has been all over the shots on goal so far for us. He's been really nice as far as uh, a player we've been able to jump on. Uh, any Anybody else as far as like, Bets wise, things like that. You kind of the next week or so as we're you know putting together uh, some picks and some parlays that you're kind of keeping your eye out for. Yeah, I'd say right to hot hands right now uh, because 
whether it be DraftKings give you uh, somebody over two and a half shots on goal, they're only going to they're only going to put it this way. DraftKings is uh, and other platforms. If somebody's over two and a half shots on goal to start a season for shot props, they're not going to change their shot props this early in the season unless you're Connor Bedard because Bedard, they did it. He lasted a whopping two games with over two and a half shots on goal. <laughs> then they took him to three and a half immediately. And I told everybody, that's the last time you'll ever see that again. He'll never be at two and a half shots ever. He'll always be at three and a half. And they didn't even change the odds. It stayed at minus 160. It was minus two and a half. It was 160. And uh, minus three and a half, they stayed at 160. Uh, but I would say ride the hot hands right now. Um, if you are a beginner, uh, better, and you're just looking to say, you know what? I'm not really sure exactly what I want to do. Don't get too cute with it. Uh, go on uh, NHL.com or actually go on Yahoo, wherever it may be, and look who's actually put up the most shots on goal. And then look and see which line they actually play on in these teams and see, okay, they play with great line mates as well. And maybe look at the, the, at the teams they played and say, okay, you know, are they getting a lot of these shots on goal based on, you know, uh, historically good, good defensive teams like the Islanders, <laughs> you know, like the Rangers, for example, as well. And if they're doing it then, Ride that hot hand because especially, you know, they're going to keep it up then. Um, but JT, I know we're getting probably close on time. One guy I actually want to talk about here real quick. Um, uh, concerning wise, Alexi Lafreniere, I, I'm pretty concerned with, with the Rangers. Um, I, I thought this year being his uh, year three, he was the number one draft pick in the 2020 entry draft. Um, when he came out, he was kind of a can't miss. He's averaging under 15 minutes of time on ice so far. He's got one point through three games, which isn't bad, whatever, but only four shots on goal. He's actually on power play two. He's playing on line two, but he's actually not getting the deployment he actually needs. Uh, he's he's playing with uh, Philip Cheadle uh, on line two, the center. That tells you all you need to know right there. Capo uh, Caco is actually getting the, uh, the preference on line one, and he's not even on power play two. Lafreniere is not. So I know you and I actually went out and traded for Lafreniere thinking, you know what, if, if New York wants to try to <laughs> salvage their back-to-back high draft picks with Kako being the number two pick overall in the 2019 draft and Lafreniere actually being the number one pick in the 2020 draft and neither one of them really panned out, they've actually got new coaching to come in and turn that around. And so far, I know it's only three games into the season, but given his deployment, given his time on ice, the new coaching staff may not actually be in love with him either. So I'd actually be pretty concerned with that. Alexi Lafreniere as well. Um, so. Um, yeah. And be yeah. interested to see how long the Rangers kind of give that. I mean, he's still a really young player, but if you have a coaching staff that just has lost all confidence in him, you know, do they, do they look for suitors? Do they look for somebody and say, Hey, do we see if we can move this guy and get, you know, maybe you can find a team that thinks that they can say, salvage him. As, a, as opposed to you wait too long and he kind of loses some of that shine. Uh, so that's that's something you never know uh, with some of these. And whenever you get new staffs in, either coaching staffs or GMs, you know, sometimes players just don't work into the their system and what they want to do. So it'll be interesting to keep an eye on him and see if that's a guy that eventually, if he doesn't pick it up, do the Rangers think about maybe moving on from him? Yeah, he, he just signed a bridge deal. Um, so this tells you all you need to know. You've seen all of these big deals coming out right now with players that are, quite frankly, high draft picks, high pedigree, unproven in the league, and they're signing, they're signing eight-year deals 
worth like $7 million a season so they can lock him up uh, at the, on the quote unquote cheap before the salary cap goes way up here in the next two to three years. Um, so guys are getting huge contracts. He didn't. He ended up getting a two-year deal with $2.3 million AAV, somewhere around there anyway. And that, that tells you all you need to know right there, the fact mm-hmm. that everybody else is getting theirs. He's getting nothing. And with being a number one draft pick in the 2020 entry draft, he hasn't panned out. Um, and a, real quick, uh, JT, uh, um, key injuries. Um, Matt Boldy's week to week and um, in Minnesota. Marcus Johansson's out there. Um, he's actually going to move up to line two. And power play one in Boldy's absences. Uh, I would not go out there and give up anyone off your roster to reach for Marcus Johansson of all people. But if you got room on your roster based on um, the fact that let's say you have Boldy, especially, and you can put him on IR, uh, Johansson may end up being a guy you end up streaming for two weeks. Hockey's they always say week to week, week to week, or month to month. That ends up being day to day and week to week. Right. I mean, it always ends yep. up being sooner than they end up saying so. Uh, but Marcus Johansson's a guy you may end up looking out on. But, man, this has been a, a this has been a lot of fun first week of the season. Um, and uh, people that actually follow our podcast and actually listen to Toast Takes uh, and uh, JT around the ice here on the stew with JT Brew. I encourage you guys to uh, get on uh, social media, get on X, follow the stew uh, with JT Brew there, JT Orange at Toast Clark. We'll do toast takes um, for um, bets. We actually recommend every uh, you know single day for the most part right now. And uh, so far, I will say that uh, well, parlays have actually been our biggest enemy. Uh, so we're probably shooting. <laughs> we do love. We do yeah. love the parlay. We we've hit yeah. a ridiculously number of the hits. We just haven't cashed a lot because of the parlay because of a lot of the four or six leg parlays. But like I always tell people, I'm a huge parlay guy, but always break those things down. If we give you a four or six uh, pick parlay, you know, break those down to your favorite two. Take the two legs you like the most, break it in twos, break it in three sets of twos. You can always do that. Um, No big deal. Feel free to reach out to us. Hit us up uh, on X. Again, like Toast said, at JT Orange is me at Toast Clark for him. If you got bets you're looking at each day or you see us post a um, a play of the day, a parlay, and you say, hey, what are the, your two favorite? You know, we'll respond to you. So just hit us up and uh, let us know, you know, if you got questions or, you know, if, if you got something you like and you want to run it by us, man, by all means, we love to hear info from other people. So if you got something you love, uh, hit it up and, and let us know. I think that's going to do it for us, Toast. Uh, great first week of the season. Pump for uh, things moving forward. Uh, make sure you check us out every Wednesday night. Uh, we go on between 8 or and 9 o'clock uh, Central Time, typically, uh, on Wednesday nights here on The Stew with JT Brew. Uh, for Toast Clark, I'm JT. Thanks for joining us here on The Stew. We'll check you next time. Uh, you up on trades and why you move? You ain't designed to lose. Find you jumping over seemingly nothing, racking up points makes the game a little more fun to watch. Can drop release. We started with the 